This is the amazing beauty of creation. I'm Bilal Katrada. And I'm Talha Katrada. And this is the show that brings you up close with the universe around you. Assalamu alaikum and uh, welcome to our very first episode of our podcast called The Amazing Beauty of Creation. Now, this episode is just going to introduce uh, what our podcast is all about and why we are doing this. So, firstly, what is it about? The, the idea is that uh, Talha and, and I are going to, we're going to share our passion for, for, for science and technology, for the creation around you, whether it's astronomy or uh, biology, physics, string theory, particle physics. There's so much going on in the world around us. We just need to take some time out to observe, admire and appreciate. So uh, this is something we do all the time. So what I'm, what we are going to do is we're going to share with you our passion. Now, who is this podcast for? This podcast is for anyone. It's It's not a... Uh, you know, it's not just for science buffs. So it's not just for Muslims. It's not just for uh, any one particular group of uh, people. If you live on planet Earth, then this podcast is for you. The, the aim is not to, uh, you know, to punt any specific point of view. It's just basically to marvel at creation, to look at what what's out there and to get this humbling feeling that there's so much that's going on in the universe around us and we are so tiny, so insignificant compared to everything that's going out there. So uh, although we, we do quote the Quran, we do quote the Hadith, the sayings of the Prophet uh, but this is by no means a an exclusive uh, podcast for Muslims or or even for science buffs. And I promise you, even if you're not a science buff, you'll understand the concepts here because we'll we'll bring it down home. We'll simplify the concepts. Now, when you look at the the Quran as, as a holy book, the Quran is very extremely unusual in the sense that other than just being a, a holy book, like every other holy book, it it yes, it does include religious aspects. It does include... Uh, some history but also it's unique in a sense that it's always encouraging people to go and read to go and learn to go explore look at the universe around you look at the rising of the sun look at the movements of the celestial bodies look at this alternation of night and day and the blowing of the breeze and the floating of the ships on the water and ponder about these things because these things are signs of the greater being, the greater creator who made all of this. These things, by looking at them, they are going to humble you and they're going to point you in the right direction. I mean, think about it. The very first word of the Quran that was revealed was the word Iqra, which means read, read, learn, understand, comprehend, explore. So the Quran is is unique in that sense that it encourages uh, people to go and learn and to explore. And then the Prophet ﷺ himself, he was extremely fond of learning, extremely fond of, of knowledge. In fact, I mean, there's a famous saying of his, go to China if you have to, uh, to seek knowledge. Now, what does that mean? I mean, there was no shortage of knowledge in Medina in his time. He was the source of all Islamic knowledge. 
everything came to him via revelation. So why would he encourage Sahaba to go to, why would he encourage his companions to go to China if they have to? Which tells you that there's so much more knowledge out there that uh, we as, as, as human beings need to gain over and above religious knowledge. And we need to go to the ends of the earth. I mean, that was probably the furthest, China was probably the furthest place that the Muslims knew at that time. So in essence, what he was saying was, you know, go to the ends of the earth to learn, to gain knowledge about the world around you. Now, this base on this basis of the encouragement of the Quran and the encouragement of of the Prophet, you found that after the time of the Prophet, there was a lot of scientific scientific progress in the Muslim world. It was the what's known as the golden era of of uh, Islamic science and and technology, and a lot of the foundational concepts for modern science modern mathematics were laid down in those in in those times in in that era i mean today we landing i mean we landed people on the moon we've got cell phones we've got amazing technologies that are coming out daily but none of this would have been possible without the discoveries that were made by the great muslim scientists in those uh, in that era so um I mean, there were people in that time that really took this very, very seriously, and they and they and they ran with it, and they uh, made some amazing discoveries. But when it comes to a Muslim specifically, what what does a Muslim look for in science? Why does a Muslim study science? Why does a Muslim get into a field like science and mathematics? Now, generally. The first and the foremost, uh, this is not something that, uh, you know, that just the, the science puffs among us need to uh, get into. It's something that every single Muslim has a responsibility. I mean, if you read the Quran, then it's your responsibility to study science. And why? Why do you study science? First and foremost, to recognize your creator. I mean, we, we cannot see our creator. We don't have uh, uh, any descriptions of him. But he tells you in the in the Quran don't try and imagine who I am, but look at me and understand me through my creation, through the creation of God, which is science. Everything around you, whether you're staring at a rock or you're staring at, the, at, at a celestial body or you're uh, staring at a little plant germinating out of the ground, you are admiring the creator through his creation. The second, the second reason that a Muslim studies science, and this is very, very important, I'll give you a quote later on, is is to benefit the creation to benefit the creation how do we use our knowledge of science to enrich people's lives how do we make how do we use it to make people's lives better to alleviate poverty to uh, to cure uh, illnesses so that's the next motivation now a, a muslim never ever studies science for destruction for evil or destruction you know like for example the invention of the of the H bomb, which Talha will tell you a bit more about. So the H bomb was the most destructive thing that human beings have ever ever invented in the history of mankind, and Talha will tell us about it. Okay, so uh, the H bombs, the development of them started in 1939 and was led by Dr. Robert Oppenheimer. Now, in 1939, this project cost $2 billion. And if you convert that with inflation to today's time, it will be $22 billion. 
Now, the H-bombs were the bombs that were dropped on Hiroshima and Nagasaki during World War II. In Hiroshima, the bomb killed 20,000 soldiers and 126,000 civilians. In Nagasaki, there were 80,000 uh, civilians that were killed. Now, the total death count of these two bombs combined is 226,000 people. Is that right? I mean, are those numbers right? There's a quarter of a million people. And only 20,000 uh, 20, of them were soldiers. Sure. That is destruction on, on, on such a large scale. So in a matter of minutes, a quarter of a million lives were destroyed. I mean, two whole villages were destroyed by this one one invention. I mean, you know, what's, what's scary is after that, uh, Dr. Robert Oppenheimer, he, says, he, he made a very famous statement. He says, now I am become death, the destroyer of worlds, with so much of regret. And he spent the rest of his life lobbying against... Uh, nuclear proliferation you know it was it was it was a regret it was a source of regret for him now for Muslim scientists we never ever uh, we never ever pursue uh, discoveries like this I mean look at it 22 billion dollars imagine if that money was spent in something like how to alleviate poverty or how to find more efficient ways of agriculture or how to you know cure certain diseases uh, i don't know whatever i mean 22 billion dollars is a lot of money just spent on destruction of quarter million lives that's that's sad so anyways moving on as i was saying earlier on there was that golden era of uh, science and technology in the in the muslim world and at the heart of this was, uh, was you know, were some really amazing people like Musa ibn, uh, Muhammad ibn Musa al-Kharizmi, who was one of the greatest Muslim scientists, or one of the greatest scientists and mathematicians that ever lived. Did you know that his discoveries and his, uh, his book, basically, his book was called Al-Kitab al-Mukhtasar fil-Hisab wal-Jabr wal-Muqabala. That, that book was, laid the foundations for all modern mathematics try to think about it and modern mathematics is the is the foundation of all scientific discoveries i mean you've got these highly intelligent uh, professors that are and, and and scientists that are sitting in labs and universities around the world that are making amazing discoveries they're using calculations that were based on the learnings of al kharizmi so this man laid the foundations for all of this. I mean, we, we couldn't have done anything in modern uh, science and technology without him. Now, he he made a very important statement. And you know what, uh, Tal, I think we should do an entire episode on, on Al-Kharizmi. Uh, because this man, I mean, he, he was amazing, right? Um, his, his famous statement was that everything I do is an act of God. I do this for God, whether it's science, whether it's mathematics, whether it's writing a book. I do this as a, an act of worship. Now, this is the essence of what, uh, you know, uh, the reason that Muslims get into any field of knowledge. So remember that it's always between the creator and the creation. So with our knowledge of science, we get closer to the creator and we uh, we learn how to 
uh, benefit the creation. All right, so that's a wrap for this episode. And uh, please uh, subscribe. You can also uh, follow us on our social media channels to keep uh, in touch with uh, what's happening in our world and when our next episodes are coming out. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram and on Twitter at AB of Creation to give us feedback on our podcast and let us know if there's anything specific you'd like us to discuss in a future episode.